Welcome back, everybody. It's Friend Day. And today we have a great friend of the show. Um, really, the man who made us an award-winning podcast. Single-handedly made us an award-winning podcast. Josh Pugh himself is here. He's taken a break from eating all of my kids' food and has shown up in the studio. Hello. Yeah, Josh is um, really awesome. Actually, t this week is, I think, one of the only weeks, maybe that I've read with only people from First Baptist Church. Wow. Because usually one of the friends will be from Harvest Church or Hannah will read. But this week is all First Baptist Church people, and Josh Pugh is one of my favorite First Baptist Church people. So thanks for being here, Josh. That's awesome. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Excited. I'm glad to. It's going to be good. Okay. Today is day 56, right? Did I nail that? Or yes. It's yes. day 56. Day Josh. 56. Josh knows these things. So today's day 56. We're going to read Numbers 14 and 15 and then Romans chapter 2. Cool. Numbers chapter 14, the people rebel. Then the whole community began weeping aloud and they cried all night. Their voices arose in a great chorus to protest of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted against themselves, among themselves, let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down on the ground before the whole community of Israel, two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, tore their clothing. They said to all the people of Israel, The land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land, and if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord, and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. But the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tabernacle. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people treat me with contempt? Will they never believe me? Even after all the miraculous signs I've done among them, I will disown them and destroy them with a plague. Then I will make you into a, great, a nation greater and mightier than they are. Moses intercedes for the people. But Moses objected. What will the Egyptians think when they hear about it? He asked the Lord. They know full well the power you displayed in rescuing your people from Egypt. Now, if you destroy them, the Egyptian, Egyptians will send a report to the inhabitants of this land who have already heard that you live among your people. They know, Lord, that you have appeared to your people face to pay, face and that your pillar of cloud hovers over them. They know that you go before them in the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. Now, if you slaughter all these people with a single blow, the nations that have heard of your fame will say, The Lord was not able to bring them into the land he swore to give them, so he killed them in the wilderness. Please, Lord, prove that your power is as great as you have claimed. For you said, The Lord is slow to anger and filled with unfailing love, forgiving every kind of sin and rebellion. But he does not excuse the guilty. He lays the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations. In keeping with your magnificent, unfailing love, please pardon the sins of these of this people, just as you have forgiven them ever since they left Egypt. Then the Lord said, I will pardon them as you have requested, but as surely as I live, and as surely as the earth is filled with the Lord's glory, not one of these people will ever enter that land. 
They have all seen my glorious presence and the miraculous signs I performed both in Egypt and in the wilderness. But again and again, they have tested me by refusing to listen to my voice. They will never even see the land I swore to give their ancestors. None of those who have treated me with contempt will ever see it, but my servant Caleb has a different attitude than the others have. He has remained loyal to me, so I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of that land. Now turn around and don't go on toward the land where the Amalekites and Canaanites live. Tomorrow you must set out for the wilderness in the direction of the Red Sea. The Lord punishes the Israelites. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, How long must I put up with the wicked community and its complaints against me? Yes, I have heard the complaints the Israelites are making against me. Now tell them this. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do I will do to you the very things I heard you say. You will all drop dead in this wilderness, because you have complained against me. Every one of you who is twenty years old or older and was included in the registration will die. You will not enter and occupy the land I swore to give you. The only exceptions will be Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. You said your children would be carried off as plunder. Well, I will bring them safely into the land, and they will enjoy what you have despised. But as for you, you'll drop dead in this wilderness, and your children will be like shepherds wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. In this way, they will pay for your faithlessness until the last of you dies, until the last of you lies dead in the wilderness. Because your men explored the land for 40 days, you must wander the wilderness for 40 years, a year for each day, suffering the consequences of your sins. Then you will discover what it is like to have me for an enemy. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will certainly do these things to every member of the community who has conspired against me. They will be destroyed here in this wilderness, and here they will die. The ten men Moses sent Moses had sent to explore the land, the ones who incited the rebellion against the Lord with their bad report, were struck dead with a plague before the Lord. Of the twelve who had explored the land, only Joshua and Caleb remained alive. When Moses reported the, words, the Lord's words to all the Israelites, the people were filled with grief. Then they got up early the next morning and went to the top of the range of hills. Let's go, they said. We realize that we have sinned, but now we are ready to enter the land the Lord has promised us. But Moses said, why are you now disobeying the Lord's orders to return to the wilderness? It won't work. Do not go up into the land now. You will only be crushed by your enemies because the Lord is not with you. When you face the Amalekites and Canaanites in battle, you'll be slaughtered. The Lord will abandon you because you have abandoned the Lord. But the people defiantly pushed ahead toward the hill country, even though neither Moses nor the Ark of the Lord's Covenant left the camp. Then the Amalekites and Canaanites who lived in those hills came down and attacked them and chased them back as far as Hormah. Numbers 15, Laws Concerning Offerings Then the Lord told Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you finally settle in the land I am giving you, you will offer special gifts as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. These gifts may take the form of a burnt offering, a sacrifice to fulfill, a vow, a voluntary offering, or an offering at any of your annual festivals, and they may be taken from your herds of cattle or your flocks of sheep and goats. When you present these offerings, you must also give the Lord a grain offering of two quarts of choice flour mixed with one quart of olive oil. For each lamb offered as a burnt offering or special sacrifice, you must also present one quart of wine as a liquid offering. If the sacrifice is a ram, give a grain offering of four quarts, four quarts of choice flour mixed with a third of a gallon of olive oil, and give a third of a gallon of wine as a liquid offering. This will be a pleasing aroma to the Lord. When you present a young bull as a burnt offering or as a sacrifice to fulfill a vow or as a peace offering to the Lord, 
You must also give a grain offering of six quarts of choice flour mixed with two quarts of olive oil, and give two quarts of wine as a liquid offering. This will be a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Each sacrifice of a bull, ram, lamb, or young goat should be prepared in this way. Follow these instructions with each offering you present. All of you native-born Israelites must follow these instructions when you offer a special gift as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. And if any foreigners visit you or live among you and want to present a special gift as a pleasing aroma to the Lord, they must follow these same procedures. Native-born Israelites and foreigners are equal before the Lord and are subject to the same decrees. This is a permanent law for you to be observed from generation to generation. The same instructions and regulations will apply both to you and to the foreigners living among you. Then the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you arrive in the land where I am taking you, and you eat the crops that grow there, you must set some aside as a sacred offering to the Lord. Present a cake from the first of the flour you grind, and set it aside as a sacred offering, as you do with the first grain from the threshing floor. Throughout the generations to come, you are to present a sacred offering to the Lord each year from the first of your ground flour. But suppose you unintentionally fail to carry out all these commands that the Lord has given you through Moses. And suppose your descendants in the future fail to do everything the Lord has commanded through Moses. If the mistake was made unintentionally and the community was unaware of it, the whole community must present a young bull for a burnt offering as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. It must be offered along with its prescribed grain offering and liquid offering, and with one male goat for a sin offering. With it, the priest will purify the whole community of Israel, making them right with the Lord, and they will be forgiven. For it was an unintentional sin, and they have corrected it with their offerings to the Lord, the special gift and the sin offering. The whole community of Israel will be forgiven, including the foreigners living among you, for all the people were involved in the sin. If one individual commits an unintentional sin, the guilty person must bring a one-year-old female goat for a sin offering. The priest will sacrifice it to purity to purify the guilty person before the Lord, and that person will be forgiven. These same instructions apply both to native-born Israelites and to the foreigners living among you. But those who brazenly violate the Lord's will, whether native-born Israelites or foreigners, have blasphemed the Lord and they must be cut off from the community. Since they have treated the Lord's word with contempt and deliberately disobeyed his command, they must be completely cut off and suffer the punishment for their guilt. Penalty for breaking the Sabbath. One day, while the people of Israel were in the wilderness, they discovered a man gathering wood on the Sabbath day. The people who found him doing this took him before Moses, Aaron, and the rest of the community. They held him in custody because they did not know what to do with him. Then the Lord said to Moses, This man must be put to death. The whole community must stone him outside the camp. So the whole community took the man outside the camp and stoned him to death, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Tassels on Clothing Then the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. Throughout the generations to come, you must make tassels from the hems of your clothing and attach them with a blue cord. When you see the tassels, you will remember and obey all the commands of the Lord instead of following your own desires and defiling yourselves, as you are prone to do. The tassels will help you remember that you must obey all my commands and to be holy to your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt that I might be your God. I am the Lord your God. Okay, we're going to jump forward here to Romans chapter 2. 
section titled God's Judgment of Sin. You may think you can condemn such people, but you are just as bad and you have no excuse. When you say they are wicked and should be punished, you are condemning yourself. For you who judge others do these very same things. And we know that God in his justice will punish anyone who does such things. Since you judge others for doing these things, why do you think you can avoid God's judgment when you do the same things? Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? But because you are stubborn and refuse to turn from your sin, you are storing up terrible punishment for yourself. For a day of anger is coming when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. He will judge everyone according to what they have done. He will give eternal life to those who keep on doing good, seeking after the glory and honor and immortality that God offers. But he will pour out his anger and wrath on those who live for themselves, who refuse to obey the truth and instead live lives of wickedness. There will be trouble and calamity for everyone who keeps on doing what is evil, for the Jew first and also for the Gentile. But there will be glory and honor and peace from God for all who do good, for the Jew first and also for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. When the Gentiles sin, they'll be destroyed, even though they never had God's never had God's written law. And the Jews who do have God's law will be judged by that law when they fail to obey it. For merely listening to the law doesn't make us right with God. It is obeying the law that makes us right in his sight. Even Gentiles who do not have God's written law show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it, even without having heard it. They demonstrate that God's law is written on their hearts for their own conscience and thoughts either accuse them or tell them they are doing right. This is the message I proclaim, that the day is coming when God, through Christ Jesus, will judge everyone's secret life. The Jews and the law. You who call yourselves Jews are relying on God's law, and you boast about your special relationship with him. You know what he wants. You know what is right, because you have been taught the, his law. You are convinced that you are a guide for the blind and a light for the people who are lost in darkness. You think you can instruct the ignorant and teach children the ways of God, for you are certain that God's law gives you complete knowledge and truth. Well then, if you teach others, why don't you teach yourself? You tell others not to steal, but do you steal? You say it is wrong to commit adultery, but do you commit adultery? You condemn idolatry, but do you use items stolen from pagan temples? You are so proud of knowing the law, but you dishonor God by breaking it. No wonder the scriptures say, the Gentiles blaspheme the name of God because of you. The Jewish ceremony of circumcision is, has value only if you obey God's law. But if you don't obey God's law, you are no better off than an uncircumcised Gentile. And if the Gentiles obey God's law, won't God declare them to be his own people? In fact, uncircumcised Gentiles who keep God's law will condemn you Jews who are circumcised and possess God's law but don't obey it. For you are not a true Jew just because you were born of Jewish parents or because you have gone through the ceremony of circumcision. No, a true Jew is one who has God, whose heart is right with God, and true circumcision is not merely obeying the letter of the law, rather it is a change of heart produced by the Spirit. And a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God, not from people. And that, and that is, is our reading today. today. Hey, good job, Josh. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you, man. Hey, we read that, and you know this. Josh is an avid listener, if you didn't know. Uh, we read that with two questions in mind. How does this help me love God more or better? How does this help me love others more or better? So you can pick whichever one you want, Josh. Uh, I want. I'm going to go with how does this help me love others. More? Okay. Um, so in Romans two, uh, 
says you can you think you may think you can condemn such people but you're just as bad and you have no excuse mm. so really at the heart of it it's it's at your heart and you um you know, we're all we're all children of god and we should love each other as such and we're all sinners so to judge others is unfair to them and unfair to yourself really mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so we are all sinners i'm writing that down yeah um I, you know when you read romans 1 it kind of talks about like the history of sin for the entire world and then we get down to the bottom of it and these people who um had accepted christ and stuff they want to go out and judge that sin in the world and in other places paul will say listen it's not our job to judge the sin in the world mm-hmm. we can call it out and certainly we stand against it and you know certain sins especially today and i'm sure back then but i know for sure today have like a great magnitude and huge impact on society right and yeah we should stand against those things but not it's never the it's never the picture painted by scripture that we're going to change people's hearts with picket signs or Facebook comment sections or, you know, quippy t-shirts or bumper stickers that, you know, call people out. Like that's never how you change hearts. You always change hearts through authentic um, Christ-centered relationships and focused on discipleship. So what Paul's saying here is, listen, you want to call them out, get yourself right first. You do all these things. You know, get yourself right first. So I think that absolutely we can love each other better when we present ourselves in a more holy sense and when we don't just slam people for their sins, but instead recognize that we have some work to do on our own first. So it's not wrong to stand against sin. But when we want to just wail and scream and talk about how evil the world is without fixing any of our own issues or developing relationships with people in the world, it's ineffective. It's not going to work. So nothing wrong with calling out sin, but you got to yeah. do it the right way. Well, and it, you know, here he finishes that paragraph out in verse four. Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Mm-hmm. So our kindness can help others turn from their sin. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's what Jesus did. Yeah. You know, yeah. he could have rolled in. You know, he could have rode a war horse, but he rode a donkey. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. How this helps me love God better, right? That's my that's my job. That's love yours. God better. Love God better. First of all, I will say I can tell that Josh prepared for this, which I appreciate. Um, just with the long tassels you're wearing all over your clothing. It's yes. really yeah. I I didn't get it at first, but now that I've read the reading for today, absolutely. That's amazing. Um, thank you for for being so dedicated to that. Yeah. Um, listen, this you know, I love that they're, we're talking about the law and obedience to the law. And and when we talk about numbers and like this idea of breaking the Sabbath, that Sabbath day was very important to God. Um, Jesus will tell us that God made the Sabbath for man. He did not make man for the Sabbath. But that day was important to God. And it took a lot of faith in God to practice the Sabbath. This guy had a choice. He could, well, three choices, really. Like, there's three options here. He could gather his firewood on Friday and plan out the way he should. He could be cold with no firewood. Or he could break God's law and get firewood on Saturday. The smart option is Friday. Yes. 
this the 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 less stupid option is go be cold yes. and the very stupid option is break the sabbath break the sabbath because now look right so i just think okay how can i love god better i can actually pay close attention to the instructions he gives me not the sabbath the sabbath is over that was a covenantal thing between god and israel we don't have that anymore um and christians who tell you that we have sabbath rest don't understand what the sabbath meant i mean think about it i bet they still go grocery shopping on their supposed sabbath right oh, this sure. guy couldn't even gather firewood yeah. on his sabbath so we don't practice the sabbath anymore but we do need to pay close attention to what god requires of us and what he wants from us and how he wants to be worshiped and understood and jesus gave some commands he, a lot of them had to do with love and one of the things he said in john 14 15 that sticks with me all the time if you love me keep my commandments um, recently, I've been contacted by somebody who says, I have become recently convicted by the fact that I was never baptized. Um, and I know it's kind of part of your journey too, um, different, but you know, similar. And uh, he goes, I, I just don't, he's like, I can't believe that I've gone 20 years and not been baptized. He's like, I need to get baptized. And I think it became very real to him that he was being disobedient to Christ. And Christ says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So he's going, I can't reconcile this. I can't say that I love Christ and disobey him. And I think, man, that kind of maturity and awareness is super important. We need to have it. And I think the church is really lacking that. I think there are Christians or people at least who profess Christ, who go to church or maybe listen to Bible reading podcasts, um, who are fine knowing the law of Christ, not the law of Moses, the law of Christ, but not fine obeying the law of Christ and paying close attention to the details of it. So... I think I can love God better by knowing the details and following them when God tells me exactly what he wants me to do. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. And that includes those long tassels of yours. So that's perfect. Yeah. They, they, they work great. Yeah. It's a good reminder. I'm glad that uh, God didn't make us also wear big belt buckles to go with those tassels. You know? <laughs> yeah. You need to have a belt buckle to remind your children of the law. It's good. That's good. Well, Josh, thanks for being here, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Josh is going to be on a couple more times, too, I think. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, a few more times. Make sure you guys give him lots of love on Facebook. And um, if it's your first day with us, welcome. It's uh, going to be a fun time if you stick it out and uh, transformative because it's the Word of God. And that is the greatest thing you can do for yourself is get to know the Word of God better and better. So, thanks for being here, Josh. Thank Th you. Thanks for being here, readers listeners, I don't know, I guess we're the readers. We'll catch you next time.